This is a HeadGum Podcast. When you left, I lost a part of me. It's still so hard to believe. Come back, baby, please, because we belong together. I can't sleep at night when you are on my mind and the song comes on the radio. Wait a minute. Wait. I don't... This is too if you think you're lonely now, wait, wait a minute, minute. This, this is, is too deep, deep, too deep. I gotta change the station, so I turn, turn the, the dial, dial just to catch a break. And then I hear baby face. I only think of you as breaking my heart. Trying to keep it together, but, but I'm, I'm falling, falling apart. apart. I'm falling away on my elements. Throwing things, crying, trying to figure out where the hell I've been wrong. wrong. The thing reflected in the song, you only only half of what I'm feeling inside. I really need you back in my life, baby. That's my favorite part, that part. What would you, is that, is, what part is that? <laughs> I would say that's is that like, the, like a bridge. I don't know the, the Yeah. Sometimes I'm, you know, our dear friends who have BFAs talk about songs. Like, I feel I'm reminded of like grammar school when you're asked to kind of diagram a sentence. Sure. Do you know what I mean? They're always underlining the adverb. Or, yeah. Like, but way, it's like the bridge. I cannot underline a sentence now i'm actually like prideful about being you know i play a lot with grammar oh i know you lo- you love to play with grammar. i play with grammar and i play with syntax but i think that um i really pride myself on if i had to really knowing grammar very well mm. and um that allows me of course to play with the rules i and you know when you know it well enough you can play exactly <laughs> That's what, what did they say that about improv? They say it about, it's yes. like, you guys, you can break all these rules, but like, you need to you know, know, you them need to first. know them. You need to know you're breaking yeah. them. You need to know the rules in order to break the rules. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can't just be funny. That's me with speaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the year is 2006. And to get us in the mood for our episode today, I am bringing you on this podcast. We really only like to use the most reliable sources on the internet. You know, we're mm-hmm. really big into sourcing here. Okay. You you know, this is a, high, a school, um, a podcast about high school, so we love to talk about our bibliographies, you know what I mean, oh, et yes. cetera, et cetera. Now, bibli- bi- bibliographies are one thing I've never been able to, like, put together. Well, talk about something that pissed me the fuck right on well, off. Point, was, talk about something that causes undue pain for oh, no yeah. reason. And, by the way, you would get marks taken off on your papers if you fucked up a bibliography. It's crazy. It's like, how about just, here's the books I read for this. Like, you know, you can kind of tell by whatever and what the books are. Are, yeah. But they're so obsessed with like having like the date and the publisher and then this and, the, and then like a comma here and like a semicolon there. And it's then, bullshit. It's like you know, actually know what I mean from like however I choose to say it. Yeah, if I were to say like My Absolutely Amazing Life by Greta Teitelman published in 2007, bitch, you know. You know. Wait, did you write a book in 2007? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but bitch, you know. Yeah. I remember like, yeah, bibliography is like, wait, I don't want to interrupt. No, the bibliographies are hell. And also what pissed me the fuck off is I feel like the year after I graduated, they then had all those websites where you I could know. plug in I know. it and it would generate it for you. Well, it reminds me of like getting to school a little bit early to go to the library to print out my paper. Oh, like, yeah. You can never have reliable printing like in your home. No. For some reason, that science isn't there. No, it's and not. Even if you invest millions in a printer, yep. you will not be able to print in your home. And Period. that just is something we all need to accept. Mm-hmm. And so I remember getting to school like 10 minutes early to like print out my paper and I, you know, I used floppy disks. Of course. And I will say like it was too. 2006 but like 
I think like thumb drives kind of came into vogue in like truly 2005 mm-hmm. and people would be like why are you using a floppy disk but you know I went to Catholic school so we had blazers and it was so fun to have like a floppy disk in your blazer inside oh. pocket you felt like because I also was a huge Alias fan oh. so I just did feel like Jennifer Garner and Alias like taking out my floppy and plugging it in and being like oh my god like I gotta print this out there it back. is something <laughs> also floppy disks were fun too because all different colors 1000% you could express yourself you really could express yeah. yourself as someone who use a uniform I like to express myself and my style through my floppy disk color yes yeah you can really express yourself yeah wow that's beautiful okay but anyway back to sources so you know we like to use the most reliable sources here on the show sources that are very you know esteemed powerful so today to talk about 2006 I'm going to be using globalgrind.com this is what was happening in 2006 okay number one Shiloh Jolie Pitt was named the top baby born in 2006. Wow. Does it get any better than being named top baby? No. Like, you haven't done anything with your life but be born and you are top baby. I wonder who the other top babies were in, like, surrounding years. Well, I, wa- we I wonder. find out. I wonder if baby Jessica was in the running her year. She had to have been. Yeah. She went and did that. Yeah. Yeah. She went and fell down that well, Baby honey. Jessica did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Jessica is still alive. Baby Jessica is. I've like gone down rabbit holes with her. Like she's still alive, but she like doesn't. She like doesn't do interviews. She doesn't pose. She's like, I don't want to be famous from being Baby Jessica. Okay. Which I definitely respect. Yeah. You know who does want to be famous from like a similar thing is like Amanda Knox. Well, Amanda Knox is very famous. I know, but she like. I would not say. <laughs> I would not say that Baby Jessica and Amanda Knox are, are famous. No, for I just mean things. like from like um. Like very like a, widespread news stories a that aren't scandal. a publicized scandal, yeah. yeah. And it was like baby Jessica, like wasn't her mom like accused of like? I don't want to misspeak about baby Jessica's mom. Actually, I, don't, I, don't, I actually also don't. I don't want to bad. I I think that Amanda should do whatever she wants. You're I think baby Jessica. I'm not bad mouthing anyone. You're doxing I, Amanda I, I celebrate. Both those women. Yeah, we celebrate. However they choose to move forward. Honey, on this podcast, yeah. we celebrate Amanda Knox. Girl, come on the show. Come on the show. She will, my point is, Amanda Knox would come on. If you DM'd Amanda Knox, I think that she would come on the show. I think if you DM'd Baby Jessica, she would she not would come not. on the show. I agree. Yeah. I think Baby Jessica would be like, I... Well, I wonder what Baby Jessica's high school was like. Do you think everyone was like, oh my God. Like, do you think everyone in high school was like... I know. I, I I wonder. Because baby Jessica was in high school like the same time as us. Was she? She was a little bit. She was maybe a, a year older old. than you. What year two? did you graduate? I graduated in 2008. Why is everyone in our friend group two years younger than me? <laughs> Do you notice that? <laughs> but then there are people that are two years older than you. But name them. I can. Who's two years older than me? That's in our friend group. Joel. Okay. Is he? I think Joel, I think we might be seen. I think Joel graduated in 2005. Okay. So he's one. I think, but my um, thing is, I have a late birthday, so like I could have been like, I could have been class of 07 if like my parents wanted that for me. And that's how you should identify. <laughs> yeah, you could either be like, I was so smart that I had to go sooner. Yeah, or or I could have, you know, like Abe, my husband, yes. is also he's a November baby, so he wow. actually went to college as a 17 year old. So did I, girl. There you go. I'm I'm basically November. There I'm I'm Halloween. You and you and Abe are the same. So he's a Scorpio. He's the same year is he a Scorpio? You. Yeah. What, how, okay, how does he like that? He, I mean, you I know, love it. I love it for him. Yeah. I'm an Aries and I love my Scorpio. I love my Scorpios in my life. I yeah. have a lot of Scorpios in my life. I always connect with a Scorpio. I love Scorpios. Ramona, <laughs> Bethany, yeah. me, Abe. 
That's it. <laughs> Period. Um, okay, number two, George Clooney was named sexiest man alive to um, People Magazine, and Angelina Jolie was sexiest woman. It was so funny, you know, as a gay kid in high school, like you're always trying to forecast who the guy, who the other, who you're supposed to be wanting to fuck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, there's, there was always people, I'm like, I can't believe this is the woman. Like, the, I'm, everyone is beautiful. Mm. And Angelina Jolie is so beautiful. But I wouldn't, if you gave me, like, a spread of all the pictures and was like, name From the woman. From 2006. From 2006. And you were like, name the woman who's going to be the main woman that you're, like, that, that you're is, like, heterosexual. Like, that's what is, I wouldn't have guessed. Who it, who was well? Oh my god! I haven't even introduced you. Oh my god! Wait. Okay, I'm so Can sorry. I feel this? like I'm being too chatty. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. You're not at all. Literally, I just want to say two more things, and then I'm yes. putting a pin in this hottest celebrities we wanted to fuck. I'm putting a pin in that yeah. to get right back to that. Yeah. I just want to say really quickly, Hannah Montana came out. Wow. In the year 2006. Okay. Um, 30 Rock, Dexter, and Ugly Betty also came out that Ooh. year. Huge year for television. Yes, but you know what I have to say. Hmm. Ugly Betty came out in the fall of 2006. Mm, I remember because I was in college. college. Yeah, and that and you know what? Thank you. Yeah, Thank well, you just because like that. I know you just remember the shows that came on your fall year of college, and especially because that was and I keep interrupting and like jumping. No, it's in, good. Don't I? It's good. I because Ugly because I was in a place in my life when it was like if you were on ABC primetime, I was watching you. Of course, girl, I was watching you, That's and now like, I'm friends with Mark and Delicado. And you know what? It goes full circle. Yeah. And here's my thing. I I associate. Gossip Girl so much with being in high school. Yeah. Because I remember watching, like, the original Gossip Girl. 1,000%. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Um, Mariah Carey's Don't Forget About Us, top of the Billboard charts that year. And the last thing that I'm going to say is Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sounds and Beyonce's B-Day became the two best-selling albums of the year. Wow. Yeah, it was a real Justin Timberlake moment because that was like Sexy Back. But Sexy Back, I think, too, was maybe a summer into fall Yeah, into fall. I I agree. That feels like it went into pre-gaming in college. Yes, and you know know what I know because, you know, I was on the cross-country team in college. Mm. And, you know, people call cross-country XC. Yeah. And so what some people would sing is we're bringing XC back. And that (laughs) is actually beautiful. Yeah. But bringing XC back. Oh, my God. College was like, oh, I could see someone in my college at a party at night, like, indoors wearing aviators and a polo singing we're we're bringing XC back. Like, remember how aviators, like, came into the picture? And it wasn't just aviators. It was also, like, the Elvis, like, version. Yes, yes. It was, I mean, to me it was kind of like, it was like people, it was the precursor to people being like hater blockers on. I know. You know what I mean? I, yeah. It was the precursor to that. 1,000%. Um, the last thing that I want to say is Lance Bass came out. Wow. In 2006. I, I think I hated him for that. I was so internalized homophobe. <laughs> it wasn't even funny. Well, who is, who is our internalized homophobe on our podcast today? It's <laughs> <laughs> It's Pat Regan. Hey, hi. And we were in East Northport, Long Island. Yes. Let's talk about that. Um, first, I said I was putting a pin in it. Yes. And we're circling back. Okay. So you were you were closeted in high school. One thousand and ten percent. And who was the who was your like go to female celebrity? I want to fuck her. Yeah, I think because like, it was you're saying it was not Angelina. It wasn't Angelina though. It was like any woman who was like slender and like 
did was on a show where she was required to do martial arts. Like so, you're we go back to Alias. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Garner, Uma Thurman, mm. the kind of like Buffy Alias, Kill Bill. I yeah. will kick. I will do a high kick towards you. Right. And like, I just thought I don't know something about like growing up. I loved. I'll always remember like getting home from shout out church and like (laughs) (laughs) and eating like a tuna fish sandwich and knowing like on Sundays around the time that I get home from church is like when usually Xena is on Uh, and like just loving watching Xena she was jacked yeah Xena warrior princess yeah I will I remember her like running through the woods and like always being in her you know like brown leather kind of gorgeous like kilt armor and I loved Gabrielle oh yeah yeah and sometimes Hercules came on before and after, and sometimes there were crossovers. But I never knew like what time it was on or even what channel. Who so played Hercules? I forget his name. Like, where is, is he now? I know. And he had like kind of a Gabrielle counterpart. And sometimes they played into like homoerotica with Xena, but not with Hercules. But yeah. sometimes they tried to create kind of like a romantic subtext between Xena and Hercules. So they never quite picked a lane, which is actually, you know, ahead of its time. It's now in the days of fluidity they they Zenic Zena and Hercules came on and said fluidity before people were ready That's, yeah that actually is very true <laughs> yeah and they were kind of like breaking down sort of um I guess I would say kind of heteronormative stereotypes yeah for what a man and a woman could do and how they could present yeah Zena was always throwing like these metal rings at people and yeah. like and, like, you know, I think as a child, I was always searching for, like, something, this is going to sound so sad, like, good about me. I was always trying to, like, and at some point I chose to believe that I had really good aim. And it was kind of based on Xena having good but aim. also, the, like, when you're a kid, you're like, I need to find something good about me. And yeah. it's not like, it's not like I'm a good friend or I'm, I'm, a, no, good, yeah. I'm a good son. <laughs> it's like, I have amazing aim. I have aim. amazing aim. I remember, like, me and my brother used to play this game where you would, like, choose a... We would just fight with each other, like, physically, but you would choose a character from pop culture to fight as. So, like, it could be, like, a Mortal Kombat person or, like, it could be a a Marvel Universe person or I would often choose Xena. And I would always, like, when when you were choosing your person, you had to go on the couch, which we called the thinking cap. Mm. And I would always be like, I'm going to be Xena this time because Xena has really good aim and, like, I do have really good aim. And he was like, okay, you, you didn't need to explain why you were being the person. And then I would like, we would fight and I would kind of try to throw things at him and he would beat the absolute shit out of me. That's but, so funny. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> high school. Yeah. What was the vibe? What was going on with you in high school? What was your high school like? What were you like in high school? Yeah. What was happening? Yeah. I was like, well, I went to a very small Catholic elementary school that was like, you know, 50 kids in a grade. And I remember going into high school, it was a really, really big Catholic high school that was, like, really into sports. And, like, I remember I had one friend in elementary school, and he was going to a different school. But I was also, like, I had one friend who was a boy. And I had first, like, in eighth grade was when I first was, like, oh, it's so much easier for me to talk to girls than boys. But Mm. I didn't have, like, the context to know that, like, that meant you're gay. Mm. And it feels so counterintuitive when you're young because it's, like, no, if you're straight, it means you, like, that means you like girls. So, like, uh, uh, so if anything, this means I'm straight. Right, because it's like I'm attracted to talking to girls I, and like I want to be around feminine energy. Yeah. Sometime in eighth grade, it became literally impossible for me to have a conversation with another boy except for this one kid I was friends with. And like I remember having a sleepover with him and we were talking about like 
who we were friends with. And this was like in eighth grade. And I remember saying to him, because I was first noticing it, I was like, yeah, for some reason, it's actually like so much easier for me to talk to like girls than boys. And he was like, well, that would mean you were gay. And I was like, oh, well, wait, no, I'm realizing that's actually not true then, actually. And then I remember making a mental note, like, do not be friends with the girls. So I went into high school, like, armored with this knowledge mm. and not having that one friend. So, like, for all of freshman year, I – there were all the, – the girls from my elementary school were around. And I remember like, going to the lunchroom and, like, they would kind of be like, Pat, whatever. And I would – like ignore pretend I didn't know them like look at them like they were complete strangers and then (laughs) but there was no one else to talk to so I would kind of do a lap and then I would go to the library and I would read entertainment weekly for all of freshman year and like so every month like and when I got done the month of that month's issue, I would just read it again. And yeah, like, I was about to be like, what did you do? Because Entertainment Weekly, like at the time, we didn't have all of the gossip, you know, like so, well, we had D-listed and we had uh, Perez Hilton. Yeah. But like now we have constant celebrity news being yeah. updated like every moment of the fucking day. Yeah, it was like it was newlyweds era. I remember I, I'll always remember the cover that was like them just as Barbie and Ken. Oh, one, yeah. Once again, ahead of their times. Yeah. And like I would read like it would be, you know, it would say that, you know, box office numbers from that from the week or the month. Sure. Maybe. Oh, it wasn't every month. It was every week. So I just read it oh, all yeah, each week. Weekly. Weekly. <laughs> And so I'd read the <laughs> And so I'd read the box office numbers from the week and I would root for certain movies to do well and then I would Wait, like that's yeah. so cute. You would be like he's like I really want Brave Part to do well. Yeah, yeah. Not that Brave Part was in the theater. But... Yeah, don't age me, girl. <laughs> um You're like, I really want sugar and spice to take off. I one of my bosses on Hacks, Paul always does this bit where he'll always say not to date myself, but I would suck myself off. <laughs> and he says it like all the time, but um, and it makes me laugh every time. But I um, but so I'd read the box office numbers, then I would read the like TV ratings and see who was doing well, and I would root for certain TV shows, and then, you know, I would always like hope that I I remember as a young kid being like thinking that Buffy didn't get enough credit. Like, because mm. Buffy was never being talked about as, like, an, um, like, at the, like, I feel like now everyone's like, that was an amazing legendary show. And, like, of course, it had such a loyal fan base when it was on. But, like, it was never being talked about because it was, like, WB. Like, no one was, like... I felt like all of those shows kind of didn't have the same, like, prestige. It was, like, Buffy. It was, like, Charmed. Yes. And then, obviously, there was... Didn't Angel have a spinoff show? Yes. And I feel well, like... Yeah, but that wasn't as... Angel wasn't as good i have to say no angel was not as good yeah but i think that buffy was amazing and charmed was also amazing one thousand percent i always felt you know who i always felt so bad for i would like literally lie awake at night feeling bad for her is the <laughs> is the character phoebe from charmed Alyssa milano's character because like literally their powers were like prue could levitate objects yeah and like whatever and then piper could freeze time which is so crazy yeah, piper is i always wanted to be piper and then phoebe got premonitions that she couldn't control and they were they were generally not helpful and they gave her really bad headaches and then they threw in like halfway through the first season that she also like could do karate you know what i mean and, and that were her powers and i was like <laughs> like i was like okay <laughs> You're like so. What you're saying is she just has nightmares, yeah. basically. What was what was Rose McGowan's character's power when she came on? I was it not that she could like telepathy? Maybe that maybe it was that, or maybe it was teleport. Can you can you can we fact check what Rose McGowan's? Or maybe she took over Prue's levitation. 
We need to know. Yeah. We need to know. Um, and so... So you were reading Entertainment Weekly in the library I, all freshman year. And I was running cross-country. I was really bad. Like, really bad. Really? Well, so my mom had been like... I think my mom knew, like, it's going to be a struggle for him to make friends in this large high school. How big was the high school? It was like... They were like... It was like 2,000 people. Okay. So there's like 500 people in your grade. Yeah. But coming from like 50 people in your I grade. Mean, it's a lot. And like... I was overwhelmed a lot. It's in this day. Like, my therapist here today was like, and I've never talked to him about this, but he was like, well, you know, you seem like someone who could get really overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't, I'm so sick of being that person that is like easily overwhelmed, but whatever. I mean, sometimes you can also, what's that quote from? Can't we just be whelmed? Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 like, things I hate about you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that being easily overwhelmed is like, not a bad thing. I know. I also think that as animals, like... I am not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't supposed to, like, intake all of this shit. I know. I get really easily overwhelmed because I feel like sometimes I'm just like, whoa. Like, there is way too much shit being thrown at my fucking face. Yeah, I know. I love your character who talks like that. <laughs> Thank she you. She makes me laugh so much. Um, so, and so I was experimenting with hair gel, like, because everyone was doing the flip. Mm. And I, like, like the spiked up in the front. And I was like, that could be something. And I, like, but it wasn't, I was, like, I remember going, to, I first became, like, conscious of my body in a way that was, like, um, not good. Like, I felt very uh, overweight in a way that I felt was bad and, mm. like, and so my, I was trying to, I, and I think from early age, like sports had been like moralized in this way that was like, if you do a sport, like you're good. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're like goth. Mm -hmm. Like, and I always <laughs> felt like I had to be doing sports to not, to prove I wasn't goth. Totally. But I, in my head knew I was whatever goth, like alt. Like I just yeah. knew I wasn't. And I had a brother one year older than me. So we were every other year on the same, like, cause like the sports teams always went by two grades right, at a time. Right. So we were always would be on the same team. And he was always so much better than me. And I was so bad at my, I would just get signed up for like, um, you know, soccer and basketball and baseball like every year. Except I will say this is like a fun tangent. Like one year my brother wanted to do football mm -hmm. and like I have no business on a football field. I don't even, I truly don't understand how to play. Yeah. But um, my mom signed us both up and I was in fifth grade and the first day of practice someone fell on me and i broke my wrist so oh my God. i was like whatever so this is amazing so i would just go to the games to watch my brother play because i still had to go and i'm in huntington uh and i'm watching the game and i'm on the sidelines and then i look to my left and who do i see standing on the sidelines watching the game but a young Post Parent Trap pre Freaky Friday Lindsay Lohan. What? And I couldn't believe it. And I said, I said, Are you the girl from Parent Trap? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, That's so cool. And she was like, Thanks. And then we just continued watching the game. <laughs> was her brother playing? I that's what I always had like retrofit into the explanation, but her brother went in a, her brother went to my high school, but he was much younger. So she must but she was from that town. Like so maybe she, she was like dating a guy. She must have been dating a guy, or maybe it could have been even a cousin. I was a always cousin. going to my cousin's games. I was always going to my cousin's games. You gotta up. support your cousins. Yeah. You know? So anyways, but so, and cross country was the one sport in high school that didn't make cuts. And so, like, I remember thinking, like, maybe I'll be good at this, <laughs> like how I'm good at aiming. And I remember showing up <laughs> to the, the first day of practice, and like, 
being so bad, like so bad. Like there were 40 kids on the freshman team, 40 boys. And the first week there was a time trial and I was 39th. And the 40th kid, like his mom was making him do it. And he just walked the entire thing because he had a certain like counterculture, not non-fear of authority that I didn't possess. And then (laughs) ultimately that kid's mom let him quit. And then I was last. And then like, so I was doing that and I was trying to, but I couldn't talk to the cross country boys. I just couldn't do it. And so I remember like sitting with them one day. I didn't talk. Like all of freshman year, I did not say a word on school grounds. So crazy. I just had this sudden awareness that like, I don't know if I would have been like, I'm gay and I'm hiding it, but I just knew I was hiding something. Right. And I knew there were certain things that I would be naturally disposed to say that mm. would betray something about me. Or that it like, would be like a red flag. Yes. I knew that like, I knew that I had to be friends with boys or else people would think I was gay. And then I also knew that like, I wasn't exactly sure how to do that yet. And right. so like I for all of freshman year and cross country you're like always just running with people and mm-hmm. you're like listening to them talk kind of. And so I just literally it was like a recon mission. Like I just listened to them talk to each other and tried to notice like the kinds of things they said, the kind of things they wouldn't say, like what they made fun of, what they celebrated, what they found funny. And I remember like being one time I walked in the lunchroom and I saw some of the cross country boys and I decided to try to sit with them. And I sat with them for like maybe two weeks, but didn't say anything, just sat with them. And <clears throat> did they say, were they, were any of them like, so do you want to talk? One time this guy, Mike Fitz, was like, who wasn't on the cross country team, but he was friends with one and he was like a little more popular because mm-hmm. cross country is such a middle, it's such middle class. Well, in my high school, it was always like, Granted, my high school was very, like, progressive, like, yeah. call teachers by the first name. Oh, wow. Where you can be, like, barefoot. We would have like, been arrested for that. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, the opposite of a Catholic school. Yeah. We didn't have a football team. We didn't oh, wow. have cheerleaders, like, nothing. Yeah. But, like, the hierarchy at my school, it was, like, soccer players. Like, yeah. soccer boys and lacrosse boys. Interesting. But even lacrosse boys were seen as two kind of, like, oh, you play lacrosse? Like, yeah. Lacrosse. Corny. I would say lacrosse was top of the heap for, like, Of course, as it was at most schools. Yeah. But I always think that cross country kind of fell into, if you did cross country, chances were you were also, like, like to read. You yeah. were also like was, into like all you were probably listening to the shins. It was you always like, like the cross country team has the best GPA of any yeah, ever you're sport smart. team. Yeah. You you maybe dabbled in ultimate frisbee. Yeah, it was kind of that. It was like you weren't a you weren't a theater kid, mm. but you weren't like you weren't playing an actual sport. You were suppo- you if you were a straight boy, you were dating the theater girl. Yeah, or well, cross country is a lot of what we called in the community track sest, because it's like the boys and girls teams are always at the same meets. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those co-ed sports kind of. Yeah. So there was a lot of like track boy on track girl yeah. romance. Love and that. I guess what I dabbled. You did? <laughs> okay, well let's get back to yes. finally when you start oh. to talk. So, okay, so anyways, I just remember sitting there and Mike Fitz, who was like, I think a basketball player, but he was friends from elementary school with one of the cross country guys, just literally one day out of nowhere was like, why doesn't he talk? Why doesn't that kid talk? <laughs> and like everyone so looked at me funny. and he was like, I, I, I literally just got up and left and went and read Entertainment Weekly. I was like, oh, I, whatever. But then sophomore year, for some reason, I started kind of like, for when I got a little bit better at running mm. and then that got very addicting. I, and I, I think there was this thing of like, oh, this is like 
I had never been good at a sport. And there was something that to me, I was like, oh, if I just run like all the time, yeah. like if I'm always, if I just like literally train so hard for this, like it's such a simple thing. Like yeah. I could get good at it and then I will be actually technically good at a sport and right. I'll kind of have gotten in through a side door. And so I was keeping up better with like, more of the them and then like listening and listening and it's like group runs and then I remember like picking and choosing like very specific moments to say something that I knew was very funny and like it would be really well received and then all of a sudden like I remember the first time someone was like that kid's really funny like like, when he talks like he is funny and then like I just started taking kind of more and more risks and then by the end I definitely probably was saying gay things but like they already liked me that they couldn't they no longer were looking for it do you know what I mean that sounds really stressful. It was, to I will say, to be a gay kid in the aughts, and I'm sure any time before that, like, in kind of that Catholic environment, in a lacrosse-centric environment, it is like Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. It is like, but you know that you are the witch. And yeah. so, like, you, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, your whole, all you think about, like, all you think about is, like, you know that, like, Everything will be ruined if people find this thing out. This thing, I think, is very true about me, but I don't have even the awareness to fully contextualize that and understand it. And I'm hoping it's somehow not true. But I know in my deepest soul that it is. And any of these people that, like, theoretically are my dear friends, if they found out, they will turn. They will flip out and die. And they will not only hate me, they will think I am disgusting. Yes, And so, and then my family, like, it just, there's so, it is. Like the ripple effects of what it all means. Yeah, like, no one will think this is cool. High school if at that time, if you were not like, sorry to say it, a white straight yeah. like athlete, high school was hell. Totally, and like hell. I'm sure there's other schools and other areas. Like I, it's so funny because sometimes I'm like, that's why I didn't come out until I was so late. But then I'll meet someone who's like, you know, 50, and they'll be like, I came out when I was 13. Like it's, I don't know exactly. It's I not a one to one person to person thing. Yeah. I also think that like, it's more commonplace for people to not come out in high school. Yeah. And I think hopefully that's becoming less prevalent. I think so. Like I went, you know, when I was, um, I got, when I, I didn't really go, like I, I got sober when I was 28 and I moved onto my parents' couch for like a year. And during that time, like my high school English teacher who I'm good friends with, like, was teaching SAT and she was like, you could like tutor SAT, you would make a lot of money. So I went to observe her teaching it in like a classroom in my high school as like a 28 year old. And I just remember it felt so crazy because I was like 28, like in my high school, sitting in a desk, taking notes from like my English teacher surrounded by current high school students. And it was like, my brain was like bleeding. It was like, when am I? I would, that would have made me feel insane. It was so crazy. But then also like, I remember seeing kids that were like kind of being gay, and I was like, "You weren't allowed to do that when I was here." <laughs> <laughs> you start you start being yeah. mean to them. Yeah. You're like, "I don't know what the fuck you think this is." Yeah, but we will not be tolerating <laughs> that behavior. Well, you do. You, I remember kind of really judging the other because you do know. The thing is, everyone knows who's gay. Right. You know what I mean? Like pretty much. Like there's people who are better and worse at like hiding it, but like I know, you know. In that 500-person graduating class, I knew who every other gay guy was and hated them and yeah. was like – and some of them would, like, be sitting in a cafeteria with all girls laughing and giggling, having the time of their life, probably and- so happy. And I remember thinking, like, you're making us all look bad. Like <laughs> – 
<laughs> this is your hack. Like being closeted is a art form and you are hack. And that is oh. how I feel. Laughing, giggling, <laughs> having fun with the girls. You're like, try sitting in silence yeah. for two years. Yeah. Observing and then knowing when to speak and when to say something funny. Yeah. So then when so wait then junior year yeah you had to be talking more junior year like something like throughout sophomore year i like really established myself as like a social pillar of the track team and mm. it was such an insert world and i was like i will say i was like i hate to say it i was so funny like Good. i was the funniest i ever was in high school like I love it. the way i would make people laugh it was insane yeah. like and it, that was also like that was when I was able to put down, like, pretending I was good at aiming. And, like, that was, like, I was, like, oh, I like this thing right. about myself. And, like, um... Also, if you could be funny in the early aughts by not quoting, like, Anchorman yeah. or a Will Ferrell movie, that was huge. Gold, yeah. If you could be funny off of just, like, your own self... yeah. That was like, that was witchcraft. Totally, like, that was truly you it, it, possessed a skill that everyone was blown away by. Yeah, there was nothing like it. And then I think like track actually really helped my self esteem because it was like, you know, I'm so obsessive around numbers and like, it was such a measurable way to be like, it was such a tangible goal to have where I was like, I don't want to think about this like crushing existential weight of knowing that at some point. I'm going to have to engage with being a gay person, but I can be like, I'm going to run so hard every day. And right. then like, I'm going to try to get my mile down time down to this and my two mile time down to that. And Aren't like, you so relieved that we didn't have like social media in high yeah, school? Because it, like the numbers thing, like I'm also, I also have like obsessive yeah, <laughs> issues as yeah. I feel like most people do, but like the, I've had to stop looking at how many people follow me yeah. on social media because I mean, I've been, I'm very proud of myself. I intentionally have not looked at the number for maybe over a year. And honey, I can guarantee you it probably hasn't changed. Yeah. Okay. But like. Well, wow, that's incredible. That's well, incredible restraint. I've, but the only, I've had two accidents. Yeah. And it's when someone has like looked me up, like someone that's like, oh, what's your, what's your Instagram? Yeah. And like looks you up and then you see it. Um, and, and I guess it was those two instances totally. like that. But I always think to myself, like, man, if I had it, because it makes me feel bad as a fucking 33 year old. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I could have seen myself go one of two ways because I did have a tendency to be a bit more like, fuck that. Yeah. In high school. Totally. So I either would have been like, fuck that and not have had it at all. Yeah. Or I could have seen myself being like, oh my God, I've, I've lost like, I I've, know. I'm being obsessed over like looking and seeing like who's following who. I and know. like, oh my God, you drive me crazy. Oh gosh. Like, <clears throat> I, uh, one thing I did that this reminds me of, and it goes back to my like being so fearful of being found out as like vibing with girls is like when it was the phase of Facebook where you could, Facebook existed, but you could only get it with a college yeah. email. So it was a big thing once you decided senior year where you're going to college. And, like, in, like, June, they gave you your college email. And then, like, you could sign up for Facebook. And so I remember that summer going into college. And, like, you find all your, like, high school friends. And, like, but you're also, like, knowing you're going to be meeting all these people. And you're going to be Facebook friending all these people. And I remember literally taking out a notebook, looking at my friend list and counting how many of them were boys and how many of them were girls. And if it was too many girls, I would start deleting them and unfriending them. That's so Yeah, I got so wild. in my head about that. You really get crazy in the closet. 
you really go crazy. And I'm not not crazy yet. Well, wait. <laughs> you had a you said that you had a girlfriend? I did. It was kind of a perfect setup because she wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. Mm. So we couldn't really hang out. So mm. it was actually the perfect crime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a track girl. And um, my track year was kind of the year of the Megans. We had three Megans, all spelled differently. M e g a n m e g h a n. So yeah. So and then one person woke up and chose violence, and it was M e a g h a n. Absolutely <laughs> not. I know that is not a spelling of and my, anything. My best friend was M e g a n Megan. Mm. She and she was dating my like her boyfriend was like the captain of the track team and like we were really good friends too but it was kind of it's always perfect if a gay as a gay guy if you could find a straight couple you're friends with both because like yeah then you kind of get credit for having this male friend but there's always this female buffer right and also like you really only want to be friends with them because of the female buffer totally so it's kind of like okay even though i'm friends with that straight boy today and i actually saw him at a wedding and it was actually lovely and he's yeah he's great but i um but what was i gonna say and i think the Megan's your girlfriend. I think, and, oh, yeah, but the Megan. Uh, so I dated M E G H A N Megan, mm. and um, <laughs> <laughs> we dated, we dated for like, God, when did we start? Maybe like three or four months. In my head, it was a huge part of. I my, mean, but by the way, three or four months—that's a full semester. Totally. I remember it started in August, and then like it ended towards the end of cross country season. Yeah. And I remember like. I remember going because we had there was cross country camp <clears throat> where we went upstate like the boys and girls teams for a week at the end of August and so like I remember it was like huge junior year it was like that's juniors always when it's like the most couples for some reason yeah because it's like you feel mature yeah junior year is the main year junior year is the main year of high school yeah it's everything happens the st- your stakes are not higher totally than they are junior everything's year. still on going up the climb yeah like freshman year is absolute random chaos like nothing yes. in freshman year counts and nothing in freshman year actually is indicative of what's going to actually be your high school experience no sophomore year you're setting the table yes and then junior is like the height yeah and then senior year ends up being kind of anticlimactic and everyone kind of hates each other by that point yes um, and senior year too, this like this thing happens where at the end of junior year, everyone is so stressed. Yeah. About like their Colleges, grades, yeah. their SAT. You have again, your stakes are so high. Totally, and they're still in junior year. There's still this like character reach for of like being friends with the seniors. Oh yeah. Whereas senior year, you don't have that. No, like, you're just then the top of the heap. Yeah, and then you're like. Reaching down to juniors, and then, it's, and then it's kind of like, huh? And I remember cross country going away to cross, like having like we were like I think we were hanging out at the beach like before cross country camp, like the track guys and the track girls. And I remember being like, and someone's was like, there was four couples going into camp, like this is crazy. There were four, <laughs> there were four couples going into camp. That's so funny. I could name them all right now. That what were who were they? It was George and Jamie, Rob and Mob, which is Rob and Mob. <laughs> so Mob was so the Meg, so Megan, the M E G A N Megan. Uh huh. She her I'm like doxing everyone, but her last name was <laughs> so like. I, I, I was a big nickname starter, so I started calling her Mob. And then, mm. like, the fact she was dating Rob, like, Rob Mob and Mob. and Rob, okay. And then George and Jamie, I said, I called them George Amy. I kind of, like, I mean, it was the year of Benifer, so you and, kind of. And Brangelina. Yeah. And oh, well, Benifer. Benifer and Brangelina, weren't they also, weren't they in the same year? I think so. Yeah. I al- I'll always remember, I'll always remember, like, when I was at freshman, like, reading Entertainment Weekly, thinking to myself, like, wow, like, 
because it was the year of the Jennifers, and mm. then it was the year of the Jessicas. It was yeah. Aniston, um, Garner, Lopez. Lopez, and then it was Beale, mm-hmm. Simpson. Yep. Um, Alba? Alba? Was it Alba? We have a lot of Jessicas in pop culture. Yeah, yeah, we do. I remember, like, really quickly, I remember, because I was also, I too was addicted to Us Weekly, celebrity gossip, whatever, because I, it's it's always what I, I always wanted to be an actor. Like, it was always what I wanted for myself, yeah. like, deep down, even though that was the thing that, like, I really felt like I had to bury. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> so I really understand what it's like to be in the closet. Um, I was a closeted, aspiring starlet. Um, but did you ever have the sensation of, like, when you would read your, like, Entertainment Weekly of being like, I can do this? I don't know what I thought. Like, I think, like, this is so like I'm I I never expected to be talking about this so much, but I literally feel like I'm like doing an it gets better campaign. <laughs> but I truly did not see a future for myself. Like I just really yeah, I truly knew that I couldn't do what it felt like I should do, which was like have an office job in the city and like have a wife and kids. I knew I couldn't do that. Right. And then I also I I I didn't wasn't a theater kid, and I I felt really funny. I was just so in the moment of, like, who thinks I'm gay right now in this moment and what right. can we do to change that? And, like, what can we say? And what did I say yesterday that some that I saw someone look weird about that I was, like, they thought I was – I was so obsessed with who thought I was gay. When did you finally end up coming out? Not until I was 25. Wow. I know. I used to talk different. I used to have a different voice. Well, and what... I, I can't do it anymore, <laughs> but, like – I can't do was it, it anymore. Was it, like, deeper? It was monotone. It wasn't, like, masculine, really, but it wasn't how it is here today. Well, you are someone that is, like, I feel like a signature thing about you as a performer and as a, yeah. as just who you are is I know. your voice. And that was always really stressful because I knew that this is what it really was. And I knew it couldn't be that. So, so it would be, like, just monotone. Yeah, it would, it would probably be, like, it would probably be, like, more like this or something or, like... Is this sounding any, like, different? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it anymore. That's like me being, like, me being, like, this was my voice. It would probably be something, it would be something like this. It- <laughs> <laughs> well, you would know if you heard me say a full sentence, because I would be doing not inflections. But, um, but yeah, I didn't come out until I was 25, because then my college, too, is Where'd more... you go to college again? I'm, like, embarrassed of it. Why? I don't know. Loyola in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. But it's also very, like... <laughs> Embarrassing because that. it's just like so basic, and it's like well, it's like it's kind of like Jesuit, and they, it's Jesuit. They've want they, they're they're also really on the lacrosse. Like I, that was an opportunity for me to be like, let me go somewhere. I was not ready to like admit to myself that I didn't like. It felt like that was the logical next step of like continuing the facade of like this is where I would go if I was straight. Do you know what I mean? Totally. But I also think that like I don't know to give our I I also like my freshman year of college. I went to University of Arizona for my, oh my freshman God. year of college. I ended up transferring yeah. to Parsons in New York, where I should have gone all along. Yeah, but like I think that I don't know. I I think that we forget that like we are children. I know. Like we are not. We don't know, by the way, like, we don't know who we are as adults. Yeah, you're a child and you're also, like, signing something, agreeing to take on a lifelong debt. Yeah. It's actually crazy. I know it is. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I just think that, 
you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but yeah. When you're 18, and also like, my college friends, I fucking die for, and I like, yeah, I'm so glad I know them, and like, whatever. It. So, like, whatever, but it's, it's twofold because it's like, yeah, sure, maybe you could have gone to like Vassar yeah, and like have I gotten you. into or whatever it is, but at the same time, it's like, I feel the same way about Arizona. Like, I met one of my best friends on earth at Arizona, and yeah. I'm so happy that I had that experience. And by the way, I'm happy that I had that experience just to meet people like outside of my bubble. Totally. Like, to be around people like that I'm not interacting with yeah. in, in New you York. Know, yeah, in, or LA. yeah, in New York or in LA or whatever. And I think that like that shit is important. And yeah. I think that like, yeah, maybe going to like, Loyola is not where yeah. you would go now. Yeah. And I would never go to fucking Arizona now. But at the same time, I don't know. It definitely helped inform who I am now. And there are probably aspects of that experience that yeah. make you who you are. 1,000%. Like, I do. I mean, I, it required me to... Or, like, it didn't require me because there are people there who were there who were gay. Just, like, I wasn't able to do that there. Yeah. And, like, I... um which I do think is like all that time of like such internal like living like yeah. bred some kind of like an obsessiveness in me and like a, a hyper vigilance of other yeah. people's opinions in me but also like I think that helps with comedy and stuff like that yeah <gasps> Knock, knock, knock. Is that a door knock guy here? Why, yes, it is. Welcome to the high school guidance counselor's oh office. My God. I'm your high school guidance counselor. <laughs> In this section of the pod, you get to say fuck you to someone or apologize to someone or do both. Because whatever is kind of aching at you from your high school past, you get to resolve it here, now, today. Yeah. And never think about it again. There's so many people I could do. Okay. Oh my God, you can literally do them all. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. There's, okay. So. I don't like. Do people say names usually? Well, we we like to if, if we'll we'll bleep them. Okay, so there was this kid who was like valedictorian of my class, mm -hmm. and like I was like very smart and like did really well on like the SATs and stuff, but I couldn't be asked to like do homework mm. or like I just couldn't. So like I I was like smart but didn't have like the best grades. Mm -hmm. And That's how I I had the worst grades on earth, and I do feel that I'm one of the smartest people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I do I do feel that. And um, so this kid was like, he was brilliant and like got like whatever very good grades. And my best friend, um, not my best, but one of my really close friends, um, was like second in our class, and he. Was really smart and would go on to win a, um, a lot of Jeopardy, actually regular Jeopardy. Wow! Yeah, and so <laughs> <laughs> so they did a thing called Quiz Bowl, which was oh, we had Quiz Bowl. Yes, and so like they and so my friend was on it, and also this this valedictorian that I thought was kind of a dick, and like I would go because like it was moderated by my English teacher who would later teach me SATs. Who yeah, I was friends when with, you're 28. Who is actually the mother of. Um, Darling of screen and stage, Michael Cyril Creighton. Wow. Yeah, from Only Murders. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So sometimes me and Michael Cyril Creighton have lunch, and I always joke that I'm taking my friend's kid to lunch. But um, <laughs> 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 but um, so I went, and like their practices were early in the morning. So like, and they were kind of fun, and like, so I would just go and like. Anyways, I and that's how I kind of developed this like contentious relationship with this person, and like. Basically, like, it, he was, like, the president of something, I guess, maybe the student body, and I felt like 
And then for senior year, he was running uncontested. And I was, like, so annoyed. And he was one of those people that was always in the GO, the general office. Mm. And, like, all the women in the GO, like, loved him and, like, sucked his dick. And I was, and they, like, no one, like, like no teachers ever liked me except mm. for Michael Stewart Creighton's mom. And, <gasps> and clearly she's doing something right. Yeah. And um, so those ladies didn't like me. And I was, like, a mess. And I, I mean, I'm still a mess. But I just have never been able to, like... I had this thing I called the blob, which was just like a binder that was so broken in all of my papers. And I would just like walk around with it and throw it on my desk and be like, I don't know what's going on. And um, so I was just like a mess. <laughs> and my favorite thing in the world was like my high school cafeteria had this honey mustard like you wouldn't believe. Oh, I it love was, honey mustard. There was like when this honey mustard, like I've searched, I've chased the dragon my entire life of like, how can I find what that was? Because it was in this Do you like. you know it all? It do I know? Like well, it brand? was in this unmarked box. The last day of senior year, me and my friend had a meeting with the guy who ran the cafeteria <laughs> to ask questions about the honey mustard, but we couldn't like make any headway. He was like, "I ordered it from this like factory. It, it came in literally like gallon, like two gallon, like indistinct jugs." Yeah. And so I had it every day with like whatever I was eating. I would like pour it on my tray and dip in it. So, anyways, I decide I'm gonna go and run against, <laughs> which will bleep. And yeah. so, um. So uh, you have to go into the geo to like get your like election form or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm eating in lunch and then me and my friend are like, all right, let's go. I'm going to get my thing. So we go and we walk into, um, <laughs> we go and walk into the geo and the, you actually don't have to believe this name. The woman who like you get the paper from is Miss Patelli. And she was like, just, I don't know. She worked admin in the geo and all the women were like, the kid was there. And I was like, I'm going to be running for student by president, so I need a form. And they were, she was like, but running unopposed for that. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be running against him. I think that people should have an option. Meanwhile, like, no one would have voted for me. <laughs> but then she looks me up and down. This woman will die. For, you know those kids that, like, the ladies in the GO will die for? Like, they'll yeah. literally lie down their life yes, for this kid. Yes. Like, he was that. And she literally... Didn't even go into her drawer to get the form. She looked me up and down and she said, um, I don't know if you should be running for anything when your blazer is covered in honey mustard. And I had, oh, <laughs> and I had honey mustard God. on it and she like, didn't let me run. And then I went straight up to Michael Sarah Creighton's mom's class. She taught sophomore <laughs> English honors. And I was like, guess what just happened? And she was teaching a class and she was like, she was like, what? I was like, I'm going to give a talk to your class. And I told the sophomores because I was a senior and I, or I guess I was a junior because I was running for senior and just was like, and then this woman said, and like, so that lady can fuck off. And <laughs> I mean, that's so fucked up. I know. I mean, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I was okay, drenched in honey mustard. briefly touch on, and this is a fuck you Across the board. Fuck you and your mom and, and your, your sister, sister and your dog. dog. <laughs> Let's talk about the administrators I for know, a moment. I know. Okay? Because the psychology of, and I don't mean to be sexist, but it does feel like it's a lot of female administrators. Yes. yes. They pick their little prized piglet. I know, they do. And then they become fucking obsessed literally like and And they will use their powers yeah and when you're that age in high school like those women do have so much power because that's your world like by the way those women could like not send your college application totally when we were in high school (laughs) those women can go rogue yeah yeah i mean hello we've seen orange county we've seen it remember what happens in that wait what but (laughs) do you remember what happens in orange county colin hanks yeah they like only applies to stanford Oh. And then, and then his college counselor, um, 
who was it? Is it Allison Janney who plays this college counselor? I think so. It, like accidentally mixed him up with another kid, like <gasps> swapped the application. So it was like some burnout yeah, yeah. got into Stanford and then Colin Hanks didn't get into any school. So then he takes this road trip to go to Stanford to like rectify it. Uh, but it was the feeling of like administrators holding yeah. the power of your future. Totally. Yeah. So that was it Allison Janney. Uh, was it Catherine? No, that was the, the mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? No. 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 Who was it? I'm looking. Work faster. Oh my God. Anyway, okay, so fuck that administrator okay, and then for sure. My other one is I remember being at a grad party. I've made it through high school. They're, oh no, Allison Janney was in Ten Things I Hate About You. Yes, which is what yes, you're yes. Of. And she also, I think, was in like Easy A. But yeah, maybe she, that's a lie. No, I think that. She, no, I think. I think oh no, no, no! Who's in Easy A? Lisa Kudrow. Yes. And yes. Um, yeah, Allison Janney is in Ten Things. Oh, was it Jane Adams? Who's the Who's the college counselor? Now I need to know. What's I'm, her name? Hold on, Wait, I'll tell I you right now. Lily do you mind if I pee? Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Do you need to pee? So bad, but is that okay? Go pee. I'll be right back. All right. So then, it's senior year. We're at a grad party. Like I've made it through. Like there have been some missteps. Sure, there have been some questions. Like is this guy gay? Whatever. But I've generally made it through holding together this heterosexual facade. Yes. Or at least I'm like, at least enough so that I can live believing that. Yeah. And so I'm at a grab party. I'm standing in a circle. And it was with a kid who was, like, friends with my friends. Who was He was actually in one of the four couples going into junior year. and um, But he was, like, a hurdler. Mm. Like, and so there's always, like, a bit of a cultural divide between sprinters and distance. But yes. sometimes someone will transcend. And he was, like, friends with all this. And that's what we never vibed. And, like, whatever, like, immune and, like, whatever charms I had with the other distance kids that could, like, it, I, like a balm over everything. Yeah, like it just, it didn't, this kid I could always tell like knew something. Yeah. And so we're at the grab party, we're talking, and then literally he looks at me in front of everyone and goes, my mom thinks you're gay. <gasps> I was like, <laughs> and then like when you're at that age and especially in that year and someone uses like the word gay and just mom, it just, it seems like a joke. Like, like mom is such a joke word then. Yeah. Like it was like Stacy's mom culture. So, and yeah, and your mom. Like, yeah. So, your so mom. I was just I couldn't even formulate the words. I just like kind of laughed, and everyone else kind of laughed because no one really knew. And he's like, "No, my mom actually thinks you're literally gay. Like she told me she thinks you're gay," and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and I had nothing to say well, back. Well, yeah, I mean, because like, what so, are like, you gonna say? It's it's so much worse than like a bully or like a high school kid calling you gay because like that just means they're like you're stupid or like you're acting stupid. But like when a mom says it, it's like yeah. she has nothing to gain. She's just speaking her truth. Yeah. And like there's so there was something so crushing about that. But thank God it was grad, so like it could nothing really counted anymore. But also like fuck that mom. I know fuck that mom. Because she was like, always nice to me too when I went over. Like, I don't even know that she. Maybe she loves gay, and she yeah. just was like, but like, maybe she loves gay. But probably not, because her son definitely hated gay. So like, <laughs> but yeah. And then like, I just I never saw her again because like we would go over his house all the time, but that was like the end of sophomore of senior year, and then we never I didn't stay in touch with him in college. So I never saw her again. But I always think about like every interaction I had with that woman, and I always think about 
whatever the context was where she told her sons that she thought I was gay. Well, here's a good spin zone. Maybe she really, really liked you. Mm -hmm. And maybe he was like, Mom, like, why do you like Pat so much? Yeah. And he was like, she's like, sweetie, like, I don't know. I just like him. And I also like, you. I think he's gay. Yeah, so be nice to him. So be nice you know what I mean? Him. And he didn't like. And but he, then, and but maybe don't you think. Maybe he was resentful. Yes, of that. maybe he was resentful. You know? Yeah. Or maybe she was like, be careful. He's gay. I know. <laughs> I don't know, but I will say, like, I always, because, like, a lot of my other friends stayed friends with him in college, and I was like, fuck this fuck kid. Fuck that guy. But then I will say I went to my high school friend's wedding where I saw Rob from Rob and Mob, mm -hmm. and I found out no one talks to him anymore, and he's, like, a huge loser now. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Do we have a classmate's corner? We do. Do you want to explain classmate's corner? Oh, yes. Yeah, so a gorgeous <laughs> listener writes in and gets something off their chest that they want to talk to us about in the high school guidance counselor's office. Okay, cool. Okay. This one is an active, we have an active question, advice okay. needed. Okay. okay, so the note is from Nate. He says, hey, Greta, I was one of a handful of out gays in, the, in my small Midwestern high school. I'm a Zoomer, so it wasn't the hardest experience, but definitely plenty of experiences to let me know. Can we pause? I'm a Zoomer, meaning like? I think Gen, Gen Z. Z. Oh, okay. Like raised on Zoom. Got it. I was a black sheep in my hometown. My problem lies with a straight boy who I grew closer to at the end of my senior year. He was a popular athlete and a long-term power couple, but a little bit gentler than the other boys sometimes, maybe awesome. because he has two older sisters, and I feel like that softens straight boys a little. We grew close because of a school play where we had to work together to put on part of the show. There was a lot of late nights spent of just us in his ba basement working on this project together, talking about how much we liked each other and talking shit on everyone else. He loved to ask me about being gay and would compliment me all the time. In hindsight, it was pretty homoerotic for sure, but nothing ever happened. It just added to my list of sexual frustrations as a gay teen. Anyway, cut to present day where I moved, I've moved and grown past my hometown, both mentally and geographically. This straight boy I've purposely lost touch with is still commenting on all my Instagram posts with shit like, miss you, and once on a sexier post of mine, he said, I think this turned me. Like, <laughs> like this guy is horny for me, right? I never had to, quote unquote, turn him because he was always a little, <laughs> a little bit fruity with me. Okay. His, his words, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> <laughs> good for him good good for him but i don't really need him exploring that on my instagram section hmm. anyway i guess i'm just seeking validation that i'm not making this up and also advice on how to get over this little gnat from the past buzzing in my ear do i block him do i dm him do i explore help love you lots you're the baddest alive nate Hmm. Well, thank you for thank writing you, in. Nate. I have thoughts. Do you have thoughts? <laughs> I have thoughts. Yeah. I want to hear yours first. Well, I will say I do think this person is straight. Like, I do think that. Like, I just think if you're closeted for that long, you almost don't. I remember always thinking, like, whenever people like, that straight guy acts gay, I think he's gay. And I remember knowing, like, no, because, like, when you're closeted, you would never do that because yeah. you would be so afraid. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's person to person and everyone's a little bi for sure. But I just don't <laughs> think, I don't think you say you turned me to someone when you're like, it's too jokey, it's too comfortable. That's, that's my, that was, to me, that was the, that was the red flag. Totally. I was like, okay, like late nights spent in the basement. Yeah. That intimacy. But you're. He probably was just not homophobic and like, they probably had a really nice friendship, you yeah. know? It's hard when someone. 
loves you but not the way that you want them to love you it's yeah. almost worse than them hating you yeah if you love someone do you know what i mean totally because it feels like there should be a way to like i'm not saying this person clearly doesn't seem to have like unrequited feelings well i think that it's i think our nate the person who wrote us in yeah. i think clearly is confused yeah because it's like wait you know what does it mean yeah which is the worst question to be asking yourself yeah but you have to i think I think anytime I've been in a situation where it felt like someone who, I'm not saying this is where Nate is, but where I felt romantic towards someone or I felt something and I, they were being really ambivalent and it was really hard to work through, the only comfort is to be like, if you just have to operate under the assumption of like, if they want something with me, they will say, I want something with you. Yeah. And that is just what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. only be- and that's not even necessarily true. Like, of course, people use subtext and whatever, but you will drive yourself insane trying and it's up the no wall. person is worth sanity like no. literally and it feels like they are but they're actually not the only yeah they're actually not at all yeah <sighs> i mean i don't think you need to block him because to me that feels like really yeah blocking feels like you're putting more like i don't even think you think that it requires you blocking yeah. him does it really annoy you that he's does it really bug you that he comments those things or is it like it's making or do you want to know that he wants you? Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I guess like I think if I could like decode what I how I'm internalizing the frustration, it's if I were on the receiving end of someone being like, you know, being super flirty with me on social media, then I would kind of just be like, what is your deal? Yeah. Like, I think that that's the frustration where it's like, do you actually want to fuck me or yeah. are you just like being really, really flirty with and me? And straight boys, I will say it's, an, of course it's annoying. It's like, don't be like, you. Tur- like I hate when a straight boy f- fake flirts because they it's think so like it shows annoying. how comfortable they are and it's like, this isn't doing what you think. You know what I mean? No. Like, so it is annoying, but is it annoying enough to actually, I be don't know. actionable about it? I mean, we both work in entertainment so we get so many comments on our posts so it's like, maybe we're more desensitized to it yeah but there's so many comments people comment on mine that i'm like uh whatever people comment mean things on mine someone commented <laughs> people bullies bully me online <laughs> people someone commented on my, i'll cut like like i posted a video because i'm like lately my instagram has been so promo heavy that yeah. i like you know you only feel guilt of like i haven't posted something that was like just a post in so I long i know I posted some, like, video where I was talking fast, and then someone was like, that bump <laughs> must have been incredible. And then that makes – not even that, like, I feel like, oh, now everyone's going to think I'm on coke, but now I just feel like, oh, do I look insane in this? Do you know what I mean? Like, no. it, something that makes you question your own perception or something. I don't know. Also, can I just say, when people, like – when people are like, oh, that bump must have been incredible, I kind of want to comment back and be like, have you ever done coke? I know. <laughs> I know. Because, like – do you know how drugs work? Yeah. You know when, like, you watch a movie and someone needs to act like they're fucked up and you can be like, oh, I know this person has yes. actually never done this I, drug. I actually hate drug scenes in all TV and film. It's, it is so rare that yeah. they're done well. And when they are done well, it is very scary. Yeah. And it also generally, like, especially when it's used for comedy, feels like such a cheat. Because it yeah. also feels like, whoa, okay, cool, like. Because it's like, oh, we want this character to be able to say all these things that a person wouldn't say, so let's have them be really fucked up. Yeah, you know or let's mean? have them be like a loser, like druggie. Yeah. Well, Nate, look, I think <laughs> to answer the I question. Know. I think if it were me, here's the deal. If it were me and I didn't have any feelings for this person or I didn't on some level 
still feel something for them, I wouldn't care at all. But yeah. They, and if I did, but then if I did, and it was messing with my sanity to have to keep interpreting these things and wonder, do they want something? Then I would ha- maybe even go as far as to block. Okay. Only because, not even in a way that's punitive to him, just because it's like, well, if it's messing you with my p- peace yourself, of mind. Yeah. First and foremost. I agree. I think you need to look out for yourself, number one. I just would either, yeah, I would choose whatever is going to make you feel best. Yeah. Like having a conversation, I think, can also be kind of weird, too. But, you know, I love a conversation. I you, you. love a convo. I really do. I'm a, I find the older I get, I'm a confrontational person. I'm not. Confrontational. <laughs> sounds negative i feel like when people think of confrontational they think like hey like Mm. aggressive but i'm not i'm mostly just like i like talking like i like to talk things out and i really i my what nothing makes me more anxious than when someone's like um either ignoring me yeah intentionally and like not telling me what's up yeah or when someone's like i really want to talk um, things that felt weird and like and then like never, don't follow yeah. up for like hours and I'm like well yeah. what the fuck you yeah. know also like one time I heard someone say that like because some people are like I can't fight like I don't get into fights but that's also like another way of saying that is like I can't communicate like you know what I mean yeah I mean I'm not a big fighter yeah but maybe... like I've, I get heated yeah but every even like just every if you if you're not getting into disagreements it means you're not really communicating or it means that you don't really have an opinion yeah I'm really bad at at um, confrontation and I'm I'm much more and I'm trying to work on this like I'm much more um, prone to kind of trying to stay behind the scenes like under the surface and try to like control things you know in these in like unhealthy ways. ways yeah I mean yeah I think. We both win and lose at the same rate. <laughs> um, if you could go back in time and give any advice to your high school self, what would it be? Um, I would give myself like, <laughs> like training advice for mm. running because mm. I just know now like I could have <laughs> run faster if I was doing things a little differently. Sure. <laughs> and, and that's personal growth. Yeah. Wanting to go back in time. <laughs> and then like I wonder if I would tell myself just to come out or like not. It would have been so hard, so I don't know. It would have been hell, actually, mm. so I don't know. But, like, it was also hell not doing it. And then yeah. I also still didn't get to, like, do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it was going to be hell either way. So, But one of the ways, at least, I would have not had this weird secret or something. Was there, I guess, other than the guy that was hanging with the girlies at lunch, was yeah. there anyone else that was, like, out in your high school? No, even the guy that was hanging with the girlies wasn't out. Oh, he just that's what that was what was upsetting it was yeah. like girl like come on like we all gotta do that we all have <laughs> yeah. to sit with these boys yeah. like you can't have it both ways <laughs> um no there was no one out at my high school there was a couple there was like two or three guys out at my college yeah but there was no one out at my high school it's so crazy there was a rumor that someone was by that they didn't deny there was a rumor that a guy was by and the guy didn't deny it my senior the end of senior year <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where that Not person is now. Not denying your vibe is also really major. Yeah. I love it. Someone was like, oh my God, did you know that David's bi? Cl- and David's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. That was the closest thing we had to an outburst is that a guy didn't have, like hold a press conference <laughs> to say he wasn't bi. <laughs> um, did you go to prom? I did go to prom. What did you wear? Just like uh, rented tux from like 
the place next to my laundromat, like Black Tux. Did you go with M-E-G-A-N? No, we had broken up in like at the end of cross country senior year. And XC. I, XC. Yeah. And I went with a girl named Lauren who was very close with Mob, who like was a track girl who like, I guess I, we like made out a, a bunch. Like we like, if I was, we weren't dating, mm. but like. You were we, fooling around. We were, yeah. And then like. But she clearly, she had just, she had dated my friend the first half of senior year, and she clearly was still, like, very into him. Mm. Yeah. Did you, were you guys drinking and doing drugs? Not until literally, like, the summer after senior year. Mm. It was just, like, because we were track. Like, that's yeah. all we cared about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So crazy. I know. I didn't really drink till college. Wow. Did you have a favorite snack in high school? Yeah, I loved combos. I thought they were the best thing wow. ever invented. And they are. They literally, there's, they we've never are. done it quite like that with no, combos. No, that was peak food science. And then, like, of course, the honey mustard. Oh, my God, the honey mustard. Well, the honey mustard Snyder's pretzels also Yeah, well, oh, well, you know what I did? What? Sick and twisted. I would, okay, so, like, <laughs> the cafeteria sold these crispy chicken wraps that came in, like, plastic kind of clamshell containers. Mm-hmm. So I would buy that, mm. cut it up into, like, a million pieces, mm-hmm. put some sun chips in it, drench it in honey mustard close it shake it eat it as though it was some weird dip or no maybe i would use the sun chips to dip in it it was so good i called it the shake and bake (laughs) and then also i have to shout out my high school had like literally the best french fries like ever like and it it created a bond between me and french fries that i still cannot detach from french fries are my favorite food they're so good but now i'm tracking my macros i'm it's tough I know. French fries, chips, potatoes are my favorite. Yeah, food. they're so good. I like love, I love a French fry. But there also is nothing more devastating than when you are excited to get French fries and, and you get bad. them in their bad. Yeah, literally there's nothing worse than that. Because you've given yourself the permission yes. to like indulge. And you know that you won't again soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell. 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 Wow, I love that fucked up snack. It was, I mean, it was like <laughs> a meal. It was like my lunch, but. I mean, it's, but I love how fucked up yes. we are as teens. I know, and then I have to give it out. Actually, another, I, I'm so into snacks. I uh, will, Thank you. I have to shout out Cosmic Brownies. Oh. Do you do those? I don't. There's nothing like them on earth. They're like the best thing ever. What are they? They're, they're li- I think they're Little Debbie's brand. And they're and they like. And the sparkle, the, not the yeah. sparkles, the sprinkles. Sprinkles, yeah, but they're like, the sprinkles are kind of like hard shell, like, I guess actually like chocolate candy, but they're, you don't really taste those. It's more yeah. about the like brownie and the frosting on the brownie. Uh, it's so good. Have you, when was the last time you, you indulged? It's been a minute. Definitely in my 20s, I would like. My 20s were such a mess. I was always, like, really drunk and, like, buying a Cosmic Brownie from, like, a bodega. Yeah. <laughs> and you could get them for, like, a quarter. I know. That was a thing. Yeah. You have a dollar, guess what? You have four Cosmic Brownies. Yeah. That's a fucking meal. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. I love Cosmic Brownies. Yeah, they're I think, good. I think they're so good. I loved a um, Little Debbie, like, chocolate uh, cupcake with, like, the swirl on it. Yeah. And I used to Though I do take think them that was and hostess. hide them under my bed. Oh, my God. There's a famous story <laughs> in my family. There's a famous story in my family where, you know, I'm one of six kids. And it kind of is, like, I'm second. And so, like, my brother was one year older than me. But then I have two brothers that are, like, around the same age that are, like, younger than us. And they got their first office jobs, like, they got their first summer jobs kind of, like, doing filing work for this, like, local office. 
and they got their first paycheck and my youngest brother went straight to the grocery store with his paycheck and bought like all these snacks that he then kept in his room under his bed because like they were his <laughs> snacks he bought and my mom like walked in and like found all these like chips like under his bed i mean and look you have to protect with yours donuts, yeah i'm gonna pop them well i've i've, I've <laughs> said this fucked up snack that i would do on this podcast before yeah what this was more when i was like when i was a what is it called being a turnkey kid Latchkey, latchkey latch is that what yeah. is that? What when is your that? parents so you, work and you come in and yeah, I'm a latchkey. You're just like do it on your yeah, own. Yeah, I was a latchkey kid. Yeah, and this was like peak when I was like truly nine years old. Yeah, walking myself to the grocery store like un oh my god fully like un <laughs> no one watched yeah unsupervised. Thank you. I this was like when the snacking was fucking crazy for yeah. me. So my. Two of my favorite things. It was always it would be right before I would go to ballet class, uh-huh. and I would razor scooter to ballet class. Oh my god, razor scooters were so smooth. Yeah, the and ride on like thing first was so smooth. Came out. I'll always remember like how smooth it was. Yeah, I couldn't I, believe it. I had an orange one. <laughs> I, I was obsessed. I want. I think I got a red one, and then I got a. I think I got a, or I think I got a black one. Like you know when you want one so bad, yeah. And you get one for your birthday, and it's like no, this wasn't kind of. It's the like the one. reject color. Yeah, yeah. It's like I always wanted the clear uh, Game Boy color. Yeah. Oh my god. But I just had the purple one. Anyway. I will say that one thing that didn't happen with me for was Tamagotchi. I got a black and orange Tamagotchi. It was like so chic. I mean that's sick. Yeah. I I had a Tamagotchi that I think was clear blue, uh-huh. and I think I killed it in like one second, and then it never fucking worked for me. That I had a screaming screaming crying throwing up fight with my mom when i was like seven because before before we got uh, well i guess it did happen because i wanted tamagotchi and then like for christmas we got me and my brother got like off-brand tamagotchis like i got a dino pet oh i had a dino pet it like looks like an egg yes and so i had my dino pet i'm in church my dino pet is on death's door like <laughs> literally needs to be fed is starving to death and i'm in church and my mom is like you cannot engage with your dino pet at church i was like mom my dino pet's going to die. I need to feed my dino pet. She would not let me. We get out of church. It is it dead. It is dead. And I sobbed, screaming. Like, I'll never forgive the church for that atrocity. I mean, that is like, the church killed your dino the pet. The church has blood on it. I'll be the first to say the, church, the Catholic church has blood on its hands. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Dinosaur blood. Wait, I forget. Once your dino pet dies. It just respawns. Okay. Just, I think, yeah. I think so. It has to. Yeah. Um... Okay, really quickly, my fucked up snack, and then we'll finish the episode because, you know, we could talk to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. My most fucked up snack was I would get Pop-Ums, uh-huh. glazed and Pop-Ums donuts. Uh-huh. I would put, like, 10 in a mug. Yeah. Blast it off in the microwave for, like, oh a minute. Oh, my God. Okay, these things would be piping fucking hot. And then I would pour milk all oh, over them. That sounds so good. And I would eat it like yeah. a fucked up yeah. like porridge. Porridge, exactly. That and then amazing. I would like speed demon yeah. myself to to ballet. That was a really iconic one. And then my other really iconic one was I would take a Aunt Jemima frozen pancake. Yeah. And I would put it in the microwave to defrost it. But then I would finish it in the toaster. So it was like a little kind of crunchier on the edges. Yeah. Then I would take butter, slather the top with butter. (laughs) And then I would take brown sugar. And when I tell you that I was putting like half an inch of brown sugar on top of this pancake and then rolling it up. 
and eating it like a fucked up crate. Oh my god! It was insane. It was good. I know. Crazy. I know. It sounds incredible. And I also was addicted to Chef Boyardee mini beef raviolis. Oh, I never was into Chef Boyardee. Something always weirded me out about it. I would buy them secretly because my mom like didn't like me having them. Yeah. But I would secretly and because I knew that I couldn't have them, I would eat them cold. I oh my gosh! I would do weird fucked up. It's kind of better. Yeah. Yeah. I would do weird microwave shit, but normally my microwave shit was around cheese. Mm. Like, how can we melt this cheese in a way that feels like Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah. And I know you can never recreate that. Yeah, but I mean, I remember being little, doing my homework, and having a handful of goldfish and being like, wishing so badly that someone would invent a thing where it was goldfish <laughs> crackers, but they're stuffed inside with Taco Bell nacho cheese, uh, but they're hot somehow. That sounds. <laughs> I was like, really I want good. that so bad. Yeah. Um, God, did you have a senior superlative? I didn't like my high school was really big and like I think I absolutely should have gotten um I absolutely should have gotten best sense of humor but yeah. like it went honestly I think to Mike Fitz who said that I why doesn't this kid talk but I think that like I just didn't know enough people like track was again so niche that like we were just in our own world yeah. I, I did organize a power rankings vote of the, of the track team when i was like social power rankings in junior year but, but where we all like there was like i think we figured out like we made clear lines of, like this these are the real true track kids yeah and socially like what are the rankings and like we were voting on them and we did it in an aim chat room like for like seven hours one day and who won i won yes but i will and say that's what's important not everyone was included in the voting process like there was like <laughs> so it was kind of weighted it was kind of a weighted voting process there was like five to seven but those people truly were the most powerful and like and i will say like i had to do a little bit of like subtle you know, mind fucking, mind fucking, manipulation, pitting people against each other so they yeah. would vote each other. Like, okay, well, actually, I think you're not third; you're fourth. And then, so like, so some might say, who is the administrator that wouldn't let you run? Miss Patelli. So some might say you're the Miss Patelli yeah. of <laughs> the track team power rankings yeah. of 2004. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. I just want everyone to know, you know, as the old adage goes, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, mother. And let me tell you. Because y'all have been requesting Pat come on oh the show for years. Oh, my God. Honestly, like the biggest, the most like The really? most requested. Oh, that's so sweet. And oh, I'm, I'm sure just... they've all heard all my stories then. Not no, that they're they too haven't. much repeats. I'm no, sure I pulled up Miss Patelli one at some point. But here's the thing. <laughs> all that I have to say is don't give up on your dreams. <laughs> I'm so glad. I always want to do it. You just have to. You just need to. I've just been in New York. Generally. And by the way, don't be embarrassed to text someone <laughs> ad nauseum. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed to open up that text exchange and see it's all blue on your side. No. No, it's okay. I, I know you love me. I love you so much. And I love yeah, you. This is heaven. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, Pat, where can everyone find you? Oh, my gosh. My Instagram is at Pat Reegs, R-E-E-G-A-S. R-E-E-G-S, even though that's not how you spell my last name. And then I don't really tweet anymore, but um, I have a Threads. And uh, I have a podcast called Seek Treatment with Cat and Pat. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And as always, you know, thank you for listening to my podcast. I love you all. And as I say every week, stay cool, never change. Ciao. That was a HeadGum Podcast. 